Welcome back. Episode 13 of Reeled In. I am one of your hosts, Anthony Rodriguez, joined today by the man to my left. Uh, Andrew Cooper. The man across from... Oh, uh, no. No. <laughs> we are down one Ben Cooper this week, but that's okay. Because the man across from me, of course, is the wonderful... Will Smith. All I have to say to you guys is, my name is Inigo <laughs> You killed my father. But back to die. to die. That's right. We're talking about the Princess Bride this week. But first... Inconceivable. Inconce- <laughs> I don't think you, you know, know what that means. You keep <laughs> using that word. <laughs> I don't think you know what it means. Uh, question of the week for you guys. So okay. I don't want to step on toes, mm-hmm. but I do want to get your guys' just quick initial thoughts about some of the announcements of Comic-Con this week. If you want to dive deeper into mm-hmm. the nerdy you're in, obviously check out our comic book origins and adaptations podcast with which will come out in two weeks but it'll come out in two weeks so but they'll have time to digest they'll let it sit it won't be just initial thoughts you won't get my you won't get my emotions yeah yeah you'll calm down but i do want some of your guys' initial thoughts on some of the announcements from from comic-con this week. i want to wait for andrew yeah because i know andrew has a lot Um, to say do you no one told me there'd be a test (laughs) no that's okay so there's a really the biggest thing i want to ask you will is did you see the trailer for the s- sequel to Top Gun? <laughs> no. There. No, I was... So when I found out there was going to be a, another Top Gun, I was actually super stoked. And then I'm like, wait, Tom Cruise is in it? Yeah, of wait, course. Wait, this is just... Mm, I don't know. It's called Maverick. Yes. It's him in the future. The tra- You have to watch the trailer. Yeah. It's everything Does it you look good? It looks really good. So it opens up with... Um, why am I forgetting the actor's name right now? Old man. man. He the, was like one of the lead. Anyway, uh, Val Kilmer. No, no I'm An- Anthony Edwards. I hold on. I I have to. Old I man. Have to. He's the. He's like the captain. I don't remember who was the captain in that movie. Uh, Ed, Ed Harris. Ed, Ed Harris. Harris. Ed Harris. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Yes. Ed so Harris it, is awesome. Yeah, yeah, I love Ed Harris. So it opens up with Ed Harris like talking to Tom Cruise's character, um, where he's just like, you know, you were one of the best pilots in the entire damn universe, but. Somehow you should be a two-star ammo right now, but yet here you stand, still a captain. And like Tom Cruise is like, funny how that works. And then like <laughs> it's just him. It just it's an oat. Like it shows him on a motorcycle riding next to yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the jets. Then he's flying in the jets, and then it shows incre- incredibly um, beautiful nice. men shirtless playing oh, beach perfect. volleyball. And it's just it's, not so not Val Kilmer. Yeah, it's yeah. just everything. It, it knows what it is, and, and I'm so, All so right. excited for and the, uh, yeah. check out the trailer. Yeah. The ship combat looks really cool. It actually does like, look really? like yeah. a pretty interesting. Ship combat. Oh, you mean jets? Jet or? combat, sorry. Okay. Dogfighting. They Dog say fighting. a line in the trailer, and obviously I'm not a jet pilot. I don't know a, a ton about plane-to-plane action in a uh, recent um, air fighting, but like one of the signs, Ed, one of the lines Ed Harris says is like, you're the only people to shoot down three enemy planes in 25 years. I'm like, that doesn't sound, <laughs> sound like very a lot. impressive. Is that like at once? Is that just like he Did just you has... Did do your homework Yeah, on like I don't understand well, I don't, if that is... I don't know how many dogfights go on. That's what like, I was thinking. In the modern like, age, I don't know how often that is. And just like shoot missiles. Yeah, how much is it? Do you actually take down the plane or if it's just like you scare off the plane? Yeah. yeah. Hey, you get scamper hey, off now. You get out. Hey, you get shoot. You get, you shoot get plane. Yeah. 
Also, there was the new trailer for It Chapter Two. Okay, which looks incredible. Really good. Yeah. It looks really, really good. Uh, is Ben's that, nipples is that a, were really hard about yeah, it. And yeah, is that that's a different trailer than the one I already had that I've correct. seen like yes. yeah. several this times. Is, this okay. is the final trailer. That movie comes out really soon. Okay, yeah, like August, September, August. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those. It's like in a month or so, which looks really great. Mm. And then there was a ton of Marvel announcements. Andrew, you just want to mm. do a quick rundown of the ones you, you remember and then give us some, some quick I think I Andrew remember thoughts. them all. So first is Black Widow, which is coming out next year. Uh, it's the only movie coming out next year. And so, then we get the Disney no, Plus the, TV shows. The, is Shang-Chi coming out next year? Shang-Chi is okay. coming out. So uh, May, May is Black 1st, Widow. 2020 is Black Widow. And then I want to say November. Okay, is Shang-Chi. Is, is Shang-Chi. Uh, Shang-Chi was announced, Doctor Strange. Uh, For those And of the Madness of the Multiverse. Madness of the Multiverse. Who don't know, what what is Shang-Chi? It is essentially a martial arts Marvel movie. So he is a martial arts superhero. Kind of like if Bruce Lee became hmm. a superhero. Cool. Yeah. So uh, it's very like wuxia Chinese. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're bringing, the, bringing in the actual Mandarin as the villain for this. So is Shang Chi? Will they still get Ben Kingsley to play the Mandarin? No, uh, because Ben Ben Kingsley was not the Mandarin. He was a wait. So was the Mandarin that is that that the name of the villain? the villain? Yes, oh, yes. Okay. name of the villain. Do you know it's also the name of a language? Yes, yes, oh, okay. and an orange. <laughs> uh, and orange. Yeah, so it's it's really cool. They are they are going to play off the fact that Ben's, Ben Kingsley was trying to be the Mandarin, and so like he's not too happy that that happened. Um, and then we have Doctor Strange, Madness of the Multiverse, which they came out and said was going to be a horror movie. Um, and then which a Marvel great. horror movie mm-hmm. hmm. with Doctor Strange. They're bringing in Scarlet with Witch Doctor is going Strange. to be. Uh, she's going to be in it. It's being the. He's one of the few characters that, that are could there right now that could do the multiverse. That's yeah. so such a strange concept because even with Marvel movies, in their beat is serious joke serious yeah. joke you know so i don't i'm kind of curious to see how they what kind of formula they use for a horror movie i'm also interested to see if with the different multiverses do they bring characters that are dead so do they make cameo like do yes. you see quicksilver do well you that's see going to happen iron man because do you see different people playing characters yeah like, do you see like do i could they see have fun with like a completely different actor as iron man i you could see dr strange menace of the multiverse being Phase four is Civil War, where it's a bunch of characters okay. oh, exactly um, from all the different movies where it is a Doctor Strange movie, but it kind of feels like a light Avengers movie. Uh, because there we is are, no Avengers movies this phase No, four. there has not been an Avengers movie announced, and uh, I am positive that's going to happen because the Wanda Vision TV show is going to happen because of... Madness of the Multiverse. So I'm guessing Vision will be essentially resurrected in a way for this movie. They might need to establish kind of a, a wave of new movies and and things with all all of the you know changes that happened with Endgame. Yeah, maybe and they, just establish those characters or the new actors playing those characters yeah. before they announce a yeah. An and Avengers. so they are doing that with the TV shows. Also, Phase Five. Because they they came out and said that yes, there's no Black Panther. Like there isn't 
a lot of movies coming out in this next phase that build on the characters, like you said, from Mm in-game. There's more in TV shows, but I think Phase 5 is going to be that culminating in a new Avengers. Yeah, they have... Because there'll be Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2... Guardians 3. Guardians 3. So they're they're going to go back into establishing a lot of the characters that they left at the end of Endgame to set them up probably for a Avengers-type movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then... Uh, last on the movie, not last, uh, they have Thor, Love and Thunder announced, which I'm not too excited about. Uh, and then they have the reason, and the reason why it isn't exciting is because it's, they're doing it purely on, I know a lot of people like, Oh, I love Thor. This is great. And it has Dahadi, Wakadi, Wahadi, the guy who directed, (laughs) um, Thor Ragnarok. He also did the, what we do in shadows. And he's a really, really great director. He's really, really funny. And then, but they came out and said, like, no, this is a, like, yes, it has Chris Hemsworth in it, but the main crux of the story is Natalie Portman being Lady Thor. Hmm. Which is, in the comics, her character is, but the way they set it up in the comics was a ton of mental gymnastics that they had to get to. Doesn't she have cancer and they give her the power of Thor to like prolong her dying of cancer? No, it actually causes her to die faster. Oh, okay. Um, So is her character in Thor, the first Thor, is that supposed to be set up for Lady Thor? In the comics, Jane Foster is Lady Thor. Okay. And she plays Jane Foster in the first and second Thor. Except she plays an entirely different character. And this is where it's weird because Jane Foster in the comics is a doctor. Like a like, like a medical doctor, and so her desire is to help and protect people. Whereas Jane Foster in the movies it's is like a, a physicist. Yeah. So she, her whole thing is like, I want to discover this so you know I can advance my learning of the world and stuff like this. But has no altruistic of like I want to protect people and do things for other people. And so when Jane Foster picks up the hammer in the comic, it's like she's worthy because like she has that desire to uh, protect Mm. people. And it's just, that is not shown at all in the first two Thor movies. She is also extremely bland and boring character. Mm -hmm. And so it's weird to have her come in. Come back. Come back. After being gone for so long. For a movie where they emphasized so much of like why she was gone. Yeah. And then, you have Tessa Thompson, who is Valkyrie, who is who a very a cap- great, yeah, very Lady capable Thor. character. Mm-hmm. That you know, she picks up the hammer or, and just becomes. Or you human. just recast it because this. I mean, I don't like Natalie Portman as yeah, an actress it's not like personally. It's not like they haven't recasted back in the past. But so. the other thing too is that like, I get that they were like, we have an established Jane Foster, which is fine, but. Why don't they just pick another Thor character, recast, have a different actress, and she is Lady Thor? Or it, just have Lady Sif come out? Yeah, know. there's just so many different things that they could could do for yeah for Lady Thor that it's just man, hmm. it was just a little disappointing yeah. to hear to hear about it. Especially since we still haven't gotten Beta Ray Bill in a Thor movie by himself. Yeah, they've just that, shown a statue of him, and that makes me extremely annoyed. Beta Ray uh, Bill's the dude. He is, hmm. he's essentially like the alien, he's like an alien creation version of Thor. Hmm. He has yeah. a horse head. He has a horse head. It's great. It's really cool. Only when he's in Beta Ray Bill that, form. That is true. Like he's. Also, how dope is the name Beta Ray Bill? Like, yeah. come on guys. Great. Beta Ray Bill? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Really cool. uh, and then the last thing that was announced actually on the panel altogether 
was that they there are making one more a, thing. They are making a Blade movie um, really? with. Is it a movie or is it a TV show? I am positive it's a movie. Um, not Wesley Snipes. It's not Wesley Snipes. It's mm-hmm. the guy. This is the weirdest thing. Uh, Marshall Ali. Yeah, he was the bad is. guy in the Luke Cage TV show. Oh. And so this is a weird way of them going. Yeah, the Netflix shows don't matter at all, uh, because oh, yeah. he played a very important character. It wasn't just like a side character that they can be like, oh, he was an extra. It didn't really matter, but he was like a prominent villain in season one of Luke Cage. So I think he it is a movie. Yes, it's I think he movie. can be a great Blade. Uh, I'm excited for that to happen. Um, I I would say it's a little hard to have all this planned out because so y- no one could have predicted the extent of the excess uh, yeah. success of all of all of the different Marvel. So endeavors. that's my issue, and I was talking with AJ about this: is that this phase feels like there is no plan. Yeah, like the, it feels like almost like they're starting over in a way. Yeah, and it's just like, the, hey, we yeah. have these characters; we just want to make movies with them, whereas. After the second Iron Man, you felt like there was a plan going forward so, with the Avengers. In my mind, I, like Marvel's kind of larger than life, and it's crazy to me. I mean, we were even talking about just the numbers that Spider Man yeah. brought in, you know, and which my, is almost a billion dollars. Yeah, my thought was like, how long is this going to keep going? When does the interest in in these movies die out? And I kind of like they have to make a mistake in order for that to happen. Yeah. And I wonder if these are but the here's, mistakes. Here's the weird thing is I thought that mistake was the first Captain Marvel movie. I in my opinion, that oh, was yeah. just like this is not a good movie. Like there's a lot of things wrong with this. And, and didn't w- feel like a Marvel movie. And when I came out of it, so many people were praising the movie. Like yeah. that are just like, Oh, because I love this character. On that, that Marvel juice. And it's yeah. and I but I can't that, tell that you. Juice I, is gonna die. Though. I don't know when if it, it will. If it's based on something that's just hypey, like the pe- people that are that are super attracted to like the new thing, mm-hmm. will it, it dies real quick. So I, and the I, reason I ahead. thought that was going to happen with this. However, I'm in the minority that I have seen everywhere about Phase Four. Like I'm not excited for Phase Four. You're on in the, the minority mo- now on the movie side. Uh, yeah, the movie side is the TV show the TV shows side. Are I'm super but the, it's behind a, a, paywall, a paywall, which I'm that, a monthly gonna, paywall. Yeah. That's the thing is that which, it's a monthly paywall. When they announced which, the Mandalorian TV show, I was signing up for that paywall. Anyway, yeah. so. no, you are right. Yeah. I, in Disney, we trust they own everything. Yeah. The reason why, at a minimum, they'll go for another ten years. I think clearly yeah. this will yeah. another, this will end in another sure. end game in some way, shape, or form. And then the question goes: Which other characters do they build on? Do they? Now, I mean, they've already recast it. Not recast it, but there is a new Captain America. Do they bring on Iron Heart? Do they recast Iron Man? Do they reboot in a way where they do like a soft reboot where you now have Captain America come back in a different, like that far in the future, 10, 20 years in the future? The reason why I don't think it will fail is because the way Marvel has set itself up now is that all the characters and directors and everyone that they're... um setting up have ways that if people hate on it people can be your racist your sexist your that because mm-hmm. now they're establishing and it's i think it's wonderful because there is a underrepresentation yes. of women and uh people ethnicities of color. and like yeah. and and we need more of them um but we need good 
ones. Yeah. And now, literally moving <laughs> forward, like they're going to establish like people's sexual orientations, bring more yeah. people of color to the front, bring more women to the front, which is great. And if it goes really aw- great, awesome. But if it doesn't go great, when people start to complain, people are going to be like, well, you were totally okay when literally every single Avengers was a straight white man. You know, with yeah, but with that, Hulk and to me that doesn't necessarily equate to the box office numbers. Like you can get as woke as you want, but that doesn't necessarily tell the truth of where people are putting their money. Well, so, I would say look at Captain Marvel first off because yeah, that sure. did really really well, and then also look at Black Panther too. But these you're, people came out of that going like, "Oh my God, this is a game changer," and it was like, "You're is well, it? you're also at like the height of." marvel popularity so it's totally. like you yeah. have that combined with the yeah. you know the, the kind of minority outreach and so yeah you've got both those things exploding at once i think absolutely but if if all you're relying on is is the wokeness that's not enough no yeah absolutely you know? but that's what i'm saying is that the wokeness may be able to carry them through some mediocrity if it's there Literally, this next phase, it's very, it could be better than the these, first these phase. These could be all incredible movies, yeah. and I'd change my tune. And I would, yeah. not be, I would not be stunned. Like, The Eternals cast is like... Oh, An- I totally Angelina forgot Jolie. about The Eternals. It has yeah. Richard Madden. It has... Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Uh, Kunal uh, Najiani. Like, it has a lot of people. The Shang-Chi actor is super exciting, and the movie that they're going to do there is great. Obviously, all and the that's, established I think, characters. That's a full Chinese cast. Yeah. I think which, is, oh cool is, yeah which yeah. is super exciting it's a, it's gonna be a martial artist movie yeah. and like where they're going like they're introducing really great not deep cuts I wouldn't call Taskmaster Master a deep cut but he's no. he is under a little bit of yeah. like you got to dig a little deeper to know who he is they're bringing him in for the Black Widow Black movie. Widow which is exciting so I'm excited that there there's such a deep bench and catalog that you can play with marvel and they're deciding to go forward with that and the characters they're choosing the actors they're choosing are very exciting my biggest complaint is natalie portman is lady thor yeah that really like that's so honestly is my so that's for the movies it is uh natalie portman as lady thor and then to me i just don't think the black widow movie even needs to exist uh it's Uh literally it should have existed too late i think it should have existed earlier it's okay it's post end game it's it's going to be a flashback movie, which now they have to make Scarlett Johansson be younger. Uh, and then we're developing a character that isn't around. Yeah. Like, that's that's what's weird to me. Of so just maybe like, you could set up storylines that do impact future movies. Maybe. But they, don't, they won't have anything to do with the... The main character. character, yeah. So it's... It's one of those things where inevitably, like, the, that movie feels more than anything just a giant fan service. Yeah. To me, it should have been a reintroduction of a new Black Widow of sorts, like a legacy character coming in to take over the mantle. And maybe of Black they Widow. do. Maybe they do at the very that end. Up, like, so. that's something they do. Uh, and then for TV shows, it was announced, uh, they showed the release schedule of. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I'm very Captain excited Ma- for. Captain America and Winter Soldier. It's called Falcon. Is it called Falcon and yeah, Winter Soldier? Yeah, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay. So it's Anthony Mackie and um, Sebastian Sean in that together. Uh, they have the Hawkeye TV series which coming out. Looks awesome. Jeremy, Jeremy Renner. Renner. They're introducing really? Kate Bishop, who is the legacy. 
Uh, I don't know if it's his, it's not his daughter. Oh, maybe it's not. Yeah. Well, maybe they. I wonder if they're gonna enter because they kind of played a little bit with his daughter being being shooting the arrow. Yeah. So they say her name is Kate Bishop, and so that's not her name, his daughter's name. No. So it would be interesting to see where they go with that. Is but. that uh, like a Netflix thing or did no? It's Disney, Disney Plus streaming services. They're new. Streams. Hmm. They announced a Loki. They announced yeah. a Loki, Loki TV, TV show. Okay. And then a what if TV show, animated show in which they do like a what if this happened? What if? And this they happened? said they are bringing the actors huh. in for voice, for voice talent. Voice so talent. this is how you yeah. get Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. comes back and yeah. voices him in an animated. Which is a way. very comic booky thing. They have a series called What Ifs, and so it's like a what what if there was a Lady Thor is one of them, mm-hmm. um, and then. Uh, WandaVision, I hate that name, but WandaVision, which is... It's so bad, a, it's good. Uh, it's a Scarlet Witch um, Vision TV show. So there's mm-hmm. three There's three things they're doing with WandaVision, um, Loki, and uh, Black Widow that you're just like, why? So WandaVision is post-Doctor Strange. Oh, really? Okay. Madness in the Multiverse, and they came out and said that it will... The things that happen in that TV show we'll are because... Will are will be because of Doctor Strange. Okay, right. so I sense. think it's kind of a, I mean, from a business standpoint, it's a brilliant decision because they you have to have content for a streaming platform. Yeah, and I think that they're coming out with really heavy hitters. Yeah, that uh, most you know, I mean, honestly, it's almost more appealing than Netflix or or Prime, at this point, know? everything they've announced makes me really excited. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's not yeah. stuff that I I would necessarily want to see but it's like i mean you just look at the numbers and there's definitely tons a of feel want to yeah. see that there's definitely a feel of quality over quantity yeah that right now they've announced like seven different shows and they all sound really really good so yeah. obviously they're going to build the catalog with disney movies like and disney which is tv awesome. shows and so there is going to be a lot more there, i want to watch for my buck is sword be in the insane. stone and my robin hood <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> and then uh John Favreau is creating a Star Wars TV show called The Mandalorian. Really? Called The Mandalorian. Oh, I didn't know he was doing that. Pedro Pascal. Yeah, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm it, pretty much really good. into anything Favreau has his hands on. Also, they made mention of Fantastic Four and X Men mm. and bringing those yeah. into the universe, which then even makes their catalog that much deeper because we need a good Fantastic Four, and now we can you can reboot X Men that's already been rebooted, but now you get a chance to be like, oh, none of that matters. Now here's X Men in the Marvel universe, kind of a thing. Okay, so that should be pretty exciting. There, the uh, the only other couple things is that they announced like a Snowpiercer TV series, which I'm excited really? about personally. Oh, that, that would be interesting. I think that's gonna be like really a before good. the movie kind of thing, maybe. Like uh, how yeah, how everything went down. Well, because they're they've been on the train for years, years. generations. Yeah, yeah, generations. Like fifty or sixty years, something yeah. like that. Because Ed Harris, who's in it is the creator of the train and yeah. he's obviously I forget older. how it like ends doesn't it the they, train I mean they explodes, crash the train, the train right? crashes yeah. and then um the the daughter and the little kid he was trying to save survive okay um so they're going to walk out into a restarting like, and so it they could see be... things that are not you're seeing things are starting to thaw so yeah you see that it's possible to now live so it could be before or after it could be. No, yeah. you're right. It could even continue. though the the after seems 
you'd have to create yeah. a lot more. I think the idea right. of that you can do a TV show that's all on a train, and the train has different parts of it that give you different scenery. It's just yeah. Battlestar Galactica over yeah. here. I loved that movie. I yeah. thought it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, it looks really good. Also, we were missed. We didn't talk about. They showed finally showed a trailer for the new Witcher series on Netflix. Yes. Yes. And it, it looks, looks really it looks really good. good. Yeah. First off, I just gotta say Henry Cavill looks freaking yoked. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he looked. I he, was like, they showed like, him shirtless. Like, oh, I was like, even I was more like, yoked than before. I was like, yo, good god, man. That's incredible and like you can tell like they also came out and said that there isn't a villain which makes sense because hmm. the witcher the witcher doesn't necessarily have a villain like amir of uh, Ares, who is the emperor of the nilfgaard army he's kind of a villain but again when nilfgaard is fighting the north with redania and uh their king is a big dick too and like so there really isn't like there's no one that you're really rooting for so like you're just rooting you're, for Geralt. You're ro- sure. rooting for Geralt, and yeah. then they also came out and said there's no villain, but there will be a ton of monsters. Okay, yeah, which like, is awesome. You're just like yes. Well, it, it's, give it's me based more. off the book, not the games. Like so. they're kind of pulling, but the games literally carry on this. Yeah, literally yeah, the yeah. games take yeah. place after all the books. Books, yeah. Like I, you know, I started playing the game, and I haven't gotten super deep into the story, but it just it does give you that kind of. Uh, Game of Thrones fantasy feel where there's like a lot of political stuff mm-hmm. going yes. on, and yeah. so it's kind of like there's not necessarily a right and a wrong. There's kind of just a lot of conflicts. Yeah, happening. and and even the Witchers they talk about is that they are supposed to stay neutral during war. Yeah, yeah. So like that will be very interesting. That's pretty with how they cool. Play. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that there's the whole thing with Siri, who is wanted by. There's a huge deep story with it where Siri is actually the daughter. This. This is from the books. This isn't spoiling anything sure. in the game. So if you knew the story before the game, the Siri is the daughter of Emrys, who is the yeah. um, emperor of the Nilfgaard army, which has a whole really cool story behind it too. Um, with uh, like Geralt helped Emrys before he was Emrys. He was under a different moniker, and his wife. And then um, the Witchers have a thing of claim a first birth or came a first right, where it's basically oh. like I helped you, and I'll be back in ten years to take your firstborn because wow. they are going to come be a Witcher. And Siri was that, and then Siri has these elder blood, and then Yennefer has to do with the Nilfgaard army, so she kind of gets a pass. But then you have Triss, who is a sorceress, and everyone hates sorceresses now after Foltis was killed. And there's just a whole bunch of interesting things that they're going to be able to play with in this TV show. How far back does the TV show start? So if Yennefer and Geralt are there, it would. So Geralt is almost a hundred years old. Okay. Um, and he looks Ye- pretty good. Yeah, Yennefer. <laughs> yeah, Yennefer's pretty old, but it shows Siri as a a, a child, like twelve, thirteen ish, somewhere okay. around in there. And Siri's like in her mid twenties in the video game, so it's probably ten, interesting, twelve years because the army is still going on. Foltis is almost definitely alive because Foltis is killed off in the very beginning of the second game, mm-hmm. um, which causes a huge war where the North has no one to Tamaria is no more more thing. The North has to rally around new leaders and. It becomes the political battle where there's literally a north versus south, yeah, type of thing. This so. could absolutely be the best show based on a game. It it looks to be oh, that yeah. way. Uh, I'm super excited. Live action, live action. Yeah, live <laughs> yes. Action. Castlevania still for me is sure. up there as the best so, animated. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. really really good. Um, but moving on, mm. really exciting stuff. What have you guys good. been watching? Yeah, this deep week? question of the week. Yeah, well, Super. I think it's fun. Yeah, where. It's all Comic Con's yeah. on. This yeah. is this is a pretty big event. Like yeah. 
when Endgame came out, we spent an entire episode talking about Endgame. This is one of those things where, hey, here's a bunch of announcements. Yeah. Let's talk about Did you uh, see the meme where it was uh, video game developers? You know, E3 is kind of dated, and we're not going to do it anymore. No one wants it. And then it goes, Hollywood, <laughs> San Diego Comic-Con, yeah. F yeah. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, Both are, like, essentially the same Hall thing. Hall H, man. But, uh, for like, they know how to make comic-con super exciting so uh for me we've been watching andrew what i've been watching i haven't watched any actual movies except for you know getting ready for the main topic this week princess of princess bride and uh however journeyed a little further into andrew's all-around amazing anime adventures uh and i finished aurora and it was it was good it was a it was a solid ending um I would say the beginning of the show is definitely better than the last half of the show. Uh, but it was still really good. You get a really awesome fight scene between him and his brother at the end. Uh, Ororo? Dororo. Dororo. Yeah. Okay, that's the one about the, the, guy, the guy trying to get his, get his yeah. parts his back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's brutal, though. The last two episodes are like Excellent. super brutal. That's really good. Uh, and then I started and finished a show called Terror... Terrors in Resonance, which is uh, by the same creator of Cowboy Bebop, um, in which he was inspired to create the show because he was listening to Sugaros in Iceland. And oh, he... Perfect. Yeah, he generated this whole... The whole story and everything off of that <laughs> aspect. I wonder how many creative works Sigaros is responsible for inspiring. <laughs> yeah. And so he... Uh, the story of the show is there's two um, teenagers who start setting off these terrorist attacks in which no one gets killed. Like, there are people that get injured, but they're mostly, like, government buildings that are being targeted. And so then the police are, in, like, into it. It has a very, uh, what's, Death Note kind of vibe okay. where the main character is essentially the bad guy. And then there is the detective who's trying to figure him out and you're kind of rooting for both sides um this one the main characters are not as terrible as uh the death note main characters definitely not what i think of when i listen to cigaros uh it is is interesting because when you're when you're watching it you get the cigaros vibe everything is very still kind of uh like simplistic yeah, yeah and then but like very artistic like each yeah. frame is very set up to be something and there's a lot of detail in the show. Do you kind of get a lot of serenity in yes. the scenes? Yeah. yeah. Uh and they have a moment where the main character, one of the main characters, he's listening to music and anytime a- someone asks him what music are you listening to, he says, "I'm listening to music from the cold land." And so mm-hmm. it's a very like he's it, you get the feeling he's listening to Sigaros. That is what the main character is yeah. listening to. Uh However, there's a there is a word that keeps getting written. They write it on things called von, and von in Icelandic means hope. And so, oh. it's really they are causing these terror attacks to bring light to a bigger issue. Uh, and they even bring that up of like how back in the 70s and 80s there was like freedom fighters who would use Molotovs and start riots, and how. If this was happening back then, they wouldn't be called terrorists. They'd be called something else. Um, and it has this, yeah, it has yeah. a really interesting uh, aspect because they are good people. 
like they don't want anyone hurt and there's even times when like fake bombs get set up and they have like they go and disable them because like this is not us and we don't want like to be known that we are trying to kill people well even think about star wars with the resistance yeah terrorists yes essentially that is what they are so the idea of that there is now just personally being an american the word terrorist has a very deep emotional tie to it sure where obviously terror person who causes terror Mm -hmm. a terrorist is that it it does have a negative attachment to it but that isn't necessarily always true because like sure. a freedom, a freedom fight, yeah, exactly. A yeah. freedom fighter is essentially a terrorist. Yeah, sure. Is kind of what it turns into. And so it was a. I I really enjoyed it. The ending is a, It's not brutal, but it's like a punch to the heart, of like, there's a reason for it to happen, and when it ends, all the all the things that happen at the end, I agreed with. I was like, this plays with every single person's character. Um, I highly recommend it. It's only eleven episodes. Uh, if you're into anime, but it's Which one is also that the art. Uh, what? What's it called? Uh, Terror and Resonance. Terror and Resonance. Yeah. The art is also fantastic, hmm. but it's by the same people that did uh, Dororo. So. Oh, cool. interesting. Yeah. What about you, Will? Oh, I have some things to report. Uh, so taking notes. I uh, with once uh, Game of Thrones ended, I kept my HBO account and uh, watched Barry great you know i was kind of i saw some shows that were supposed to come out that i'd, I'd been sticking around for the real reason is that the raiders are going to be on hard knocks oh and i'm yes. really looking for that i'd never seen a hard knocks episode before so i went back and i watched the last season with the cleveland browns which i'm i was super interested in what they got going on i'm into fantasy football my dynasty team i drafted four browns players so i kind of wanted to see what was going on there. And I think like a lot of, a lot of people don't really like sports because all they see is a bunch of people running around. They don't see like the personalities. And I was really excited to see like really how the coaches interact with the players. Cause I've never played football. So I'm not used to that culture and to see kind of the personalities. And it, it's funny to me because I'm like, man, just because you're in the NFL does not mean you are the brightest and the best. Oh, by no especially means. Especially on the Browns. Like, Hugh Jackson, coaching or players, yes, yeah, yeah. Like Hugh Jackson seems like a nice guy, not a good coach. I would not want to play for that guy. Yeah, not super smart. Yeah, kind of both arrogant and insecure yeah. at the this same is, time. This is my bus. Yeah, and when you're a head coach, oh my you gosh. can drive yeah. the bus. Yeah, it totally his uh, interactions with his own coaching staff felt like like a like a press conference, like he was just talking to the press. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, well, do you even know these people? Yeah, absolutely. And like Todd Haley is the offensive coordinator. He's, he, I don't think he likes his players. Like no, he's just Todd kind of Haley a, is a known, like he has always been a guy that is rough. He's really, really intelligent, but Ben Roethlisberger hated him and needed him out there, like out of there. Todd Haley's always been a guy that has caused trouble. He, everywhere he is went. like the character on a, bad B movie comedy. Like that's like, he's always trying to tell these jokes, but they're not funny and they're like super awkward. And yeah, it's, it's no surprise to me that later that season, Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley got fired. And like, uh, Hugh Jackson's like the first week with Baker Mayfield, he just does this weird thing where he like, he, he takes Baker and he drapes, like he puts his arms around him and like drapes, 
his hands over his shoulders and he's just like, hey, how you doing? You know, he's Wh- trying you work to it be up? that guy. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, that is the most awkward thing. Like who who in their <laughs> right mind will listen to you? Yeah, I, I you do know? believe that interaction was he asks him, what time did you show up? this? Yeah. Morning? And he's trying to and he's like, well, I got here pretty early. So, you know, someone else got got to work out. He's like, well, you need to get here earlier. Yeah, you and, need to be the first one in. Yeah. And and f- like to almost forcing him to be the guy who's first one in, last one out because there's yeah. always this assigned idea that if you're the first one in, last one out, Peyton Manning spent more time watching film than anyone else ever did. So, yeah. if you don't watch that amount of film, you won't ever really be that good. And it's the idea of that like, don't get me wrong, Tom Brady works really hard at what he does, but you know, he may not necessarily always be the first guy in, last guy out. It could be your yeah. worst player who's trying For to make For some a reason, team. I see Edelman being the one first, <laughs> first yeah, maybe, one in, first you know what I'm saying? Or like uh, the year before that, I want to say they did the Texans, and they mm. showed J.J. Watt always staying after practice, yeah, yeah, working yeah. on stuff. And that's who J.J. Watt is as a person. Yeah. People are like, that's why he's the greatest, and anyone who doesn't do that. You know what I'm saying? There's like, something to be said for rest. You yeah, know? no, and absolutely, like recovery. the rest and recovery. But, uh, yeah, and Hugh Jackson's always saying just like, hey, guys, this is how you win. Trust me. I'm like, Hugh, you are one of the worst coaches in the NFL. Yeah, what do you know about what winning? Are we, what are we doing, buddy? Yeah. And- uh, do yourself a favor, and if you like Hard Knocks, Hard Knocks is really cool because it shows like training camp, but then it stops right before the regular season. Go watch All or Nothing. It's on Amazon Prime. I'll give you my login. That, or, uh, that's a TV show, right? It is a TV okay. show, and it follows teams through the entire season. Oh, and it's, okay. They did one, is, one with the Cowboys, right? Yeah, they did yeah. one with the Cowboys. They did one with the Cardinals. And then the just released this week, they did one with the Carolina Panthers. Okay. And awesome. It's, re, it, it's better than Hard Knocks. Okay. It's like Hard Knocks is really, really good, but Hard Knocks, once you've seen a lot of seasons of Hard Knocks, yeah. you see it, the and it's formula. just a few episodes. All or nothing, they pull no punches. It's very, very interesting. Um, and the behind the scenes they get from All or Nothing starts from the draft and it goes all the way through the, the season. Wow. I, so yeah, it just I doesn't get into stop that. at the end of the preseason where, like, almost every end of Hard Knocks, it's always like this gleam of hope. Like, every year, whoever's on Hard Knocks, after people see it, they're like, Man, I think they're going to be really good. It happened with the Browns. It happened. It's yeah, going to happen with the yeah, Raiders. Yeah. It happened with the Buccaneers. The year they were that, they're just like, oh man, the Bucks may be really well, good. They they do pick teams that look like they've got something going on, you know. But yeah. also, like literally, careers have been made of hard knocks from players. Like there was a, I can't remember his name right now, but there was a defensive back for the Houston Texans the year he was in, and he was just so fun and entertaining and had some flashes on the preseason game and then he was cut by the texans because he yeah. wasn't very good but he was literally given a couple of shots because i promise you because of hard knocks and people <laughs> were able to see Oops. him as a person like uh devin kajus is the tight end yeah and now he's a uh, crystal healer yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like just this this idea of that like you see these care these characters so to yeah. speak as football players and you're just like man i really like this person and then you're like, oh, they suck. Yeah, <laughs> They're not very good. You got like Carl Nassib giving everybody financial advice. Financial, and, yeah. It was, yeah. He's now on the Buccaneers. Yeah. And, um, it's always seems that the year they did the Texans, they showed Vince Wilfork, and he is oh, okay. so fun and yeah. entertaining. But more often than not, the characters you see on the show are always the guys who are like backups that are fringe players to make the team. Yeah. You're just like, man, these people are really cool. And the less entertaining people are like the all-stars. Yeah. You're just like, oh, this person's kind of Well, and... they have to protect their image. Yeah. Although absolutely. they did get a lot of Jarvis Landry in there, which I was surprised. But I... Bless them. The w- <laughs> bless... 
Go on, bless him, man. Go on, bless him. (laughs) (laughs) The the guy that is unreal to me, though, is David Willey, the the offensive offensive line line coach. coach. He is... He is like a cartoon. Like no one could write this guy into existence. <laughs> so entertaining. He is this giant obese dude with a mustache and an East Coast accent, and he's always like, like I I could see him just sitting in a bar in Philly pounding nachos, just going like, hey, yeah, they don't need computers these days. We <laughs> yeah. never needed computers in the past. And he's like, the body. The body hasn't evolved in 200,000 years. Nothing's going to change. Yeah, he's like, yeah, who's doing push-ups? You doing yeah. push-ups? Back or in uh, World War II, you yeah. know what they did? They did push-ups, and that was the meanest generation <laughs> of the entire time. They're not out here doing cleans like, and I'm presses. I'm going to go stretch before I run across the battlefield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So or then also they did that little like cut-up of him saying, said hut. And it like yes. works with his belly bouncing. His his stomach moves like a good three inches oh every yeah. time. He's like, he's like set hot, and then his stomach like gyrates. <laughs> it's every unreal. Single time. Like every time I watch it, I'm like, well, at least he's speaking real? from his uh, diaphragm. Yeah. Right? Yes, <laughs> super entertaining. Dude. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. The show's really good. It's it's great. Uh, I also caught a couple episodes of the shop, which is LeBron James. Um, his talk show basically yeah like they're sitting in like a barber yeah which uh it's it's good they they what i like about it is it's uncensored so you you know you get lebron dropping the f-bomb but he's really just being himself just saying what he thinks and uh i think there's a lot of good discussions about race and successful people you know of of minority and just kind of dealing with all that stuff and it's it's good perspective good things to listen to and I'm kind of glad that they they made this show just because you get to see who these athletes really are and they have like they have entertainers too they got comedians and like they got Drake on there and and surprise yeah and (laughs) Jon Stewart's on the first one and I think he does a good job at kind of mediating the conversations a little bit yeah that's but uh who's uh real quick who mm -hmm. does Doom Patrol is that just a DC cast? It's DC. Yeah. So they actually announced HBO said that they're going to do season two of Doom Patrol. Uh, it's going to be. Me. It's going to be on both. Yeah, but um, I just the idea of HBO is now attached to that TV show just reminded me because you brought up HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's well, exciting. and the Watchmen TV show is going to be on HBO as well. Yeah, I've been trying so. to take advantage of that HBO account. There's actually a lot of movies on there too. Oh yeah, but, and uh, I did the same thing to watch The Princess Bride. Is that on Amazon Prime? Uh, Cinemax, it's like, hey, do you want to watch Princess Bride start a seven-day free trial? I'm like, heck yeah, I'll watch this movie for free. But then I like looked at all of it and like, I had it like Upgrade. I talked to a couple of you guys about the movie Upgrade. The town's on there. And then there's a TV show called Warrior, which is about hmm. a um, basically a martial artist who is then... Um, assi- like he gets picked up by the mob and they start using him as a weapon and he has to like break <laughs> free and I'm like oh I'm gonna watch all this in seven days <laughs> like, like, sure I'm it's got a great screenplay yeah I'm pretty excited <laughs> about it so well there's also the other show Into the Bandlands which Into is the Badlands. Into yeah. the Badlands yeah which the like, AMC one yeah yeah which is like okay like I've I'm seen, all about I've seen a few episodes of that I kind of like it it's pretty sm- slow moving but overall it's uh, really quality Um, I watched a couple other things Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee has yes, new episodes, and I love that. I will watch every little bit that I can of, of that show. The first episode is with Eddie Murphy. Oh, who, wow. Yeah, who like no one's really thought about for a while because he's he kind of 
I think I feel like he kind of got into trouble with just saying stuff and doing stuff. Also, he, he stopped oh, doing good things. Yeah. yeah. His last few movies have been pretty bad. Yeah. But he kind of went undercover, you know. He had just, the whole thing with the transvestite stuff yeah. going on. And then, like, the movies came out where, like, the Haunted House movies. And then he kind of just he lost his, his yeah. illustrious. But it's, it's a really good interview. And it kind of got me thinking. I was like, we should do a deep dive on, like, Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, heck yeah. He he was probably the first person I remember doing an action comedy where he wasn't like the incompetent buffoon and it still worked on in both genres really mm-hmm. well. Yeah. yeah. No, I think yeah, you're absolutely right. Also, there's the rumor that Netflix is working with Eddie Murphy to pay him like thirty million dollars to come back and do a stand up. Really? Yeah. He said that he was in that interview, he's like, I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna get back to doing stand up and but I don't know like Jerry Seinfeld just gets the the greatest real responses mm-hmm. with with people. His Jim Carrey one is insane. Yeah. yeah. Like well, cuz Jim, Jim Carrey, Carrey is insane. insane. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. uh, you just have to put a camera on that guy. Yeah. Well Jim Carrey is now reached like honestly I I think he's like clinically bipolar is yeah. because you see interviews with him and every once in a while you see old Jim Carrey yeah. You're just like, oh, here's the guy who's tucking with his butt cheeks again, just trying to be funny. And then the other time, he has this whole, who are we as people? Do perspective. We really is perspective. Social construct. Like, this yeah. idea of like, he just kind of goes off the royals, but he brings up interesting questions sometimes. Also, he has this weird, like, depressed artist who's really good. You see some of his art he puts yeah. up, and you're just like this, you feel like the pain within him. His wife um, is the one that started the anti-vax movement. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. That? Hmm. I yeah. have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I have a comment. Vaccinate your children. Sure. Okay. Uh, that's I'll go comment. with that. I, uh, I have like there's a few things like I'll fight for. Uh, the world is not flat. The Holocaust actually happened, and vaccinate your children. Like yeah. these are some yeah. things where you look at it and you're like, you people are kind of being really stupid right now, and they're just like these vaccinations they cause autism, and you know this could really. Here's the thing. Let's say hypothetically, welcome to the new. Let's say hypothetically getting vaccination as children cause a certain percentage of autism do you not make that trade for all the other diseases it stops like it's yeah. it's one of those things where it's just like even if you are true like even if you are correct like the fact that you're not going to give my child measles or all these other diseases that we spent years getting rid of that were no longer a thing <laughs> and now they're coming back. Like there's the thing I saw, it's like whatever, like a disease we haven't seen in 130 years has made a return. It's yeah. like, oh, that's funny how that works. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when well, we had the, like the measles breakout yeah. in, in Vancouver here, I... You know, I was homeschooled, so I didn't go through like a lot of the same protocols as other kids. And so I like had to text my mom, like, Mom, did I get the MMR shot when I was a kid? And she's like, Yeah, you got all of them because you you wanted them. You said you didn't want to get a disease. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. I'm not surprised young Will said that. Like that. That doesn't blow me away. That's pretty funny. Yeah. That's really good. Um, what else did you? Oh, the other thing, I finally watched Isle of the Dogs. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, it's I have really not good seen one. that yet. I really oh, want to watch man, that. Man, I loved brilliant. every- That's Wes Anderson, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, uh, definitely in the same vein of Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm-hmm. It's the animated, same animated style. Dude, t- voice acting is just top notch. Uh, this story is great. It's funny, I was watching it, I'm like- 
how does this movie not have Jason Schwartzman in it? Like, this is perfect oh, yeah. for him. Turns out he's got a writing credit on it. Like, oh, there he, you go. He co-wrote it with, uh, with Wes Anderson. But, dude, this movie, I don't know if if I ever just enjoy and like, I'm like smiling Mm -hmm. through the whole thing. Like Andrew knows me. I don't show like a lot of emotion, (laughs) but this movie, I was just enamored with the entire thing all the way through. The beauty is that they don't subtitle the Japanese. Yeah. So like when people are speaking Japanese, you're like, I actually have no clue what you're talking about, but they do a good job of portraying the emotion on the characters. They're like, I think I'm pretty sure. And and they do use certain like, english words that will come out every now and then but i think it the kind of magical thing that happens there is like you're in the perspective of the dog speaking Mm -hmm. english so you're kind of like i don't understand what that person's saying and it kind of puts you into the the feeling of the dog yeah where you and you kind of get an idea what they're trying to insinuate mm -hmm. but and it is interesting because it's like when we're talking to dogs, it's like they don't understand what we're actually saying. Yeah. So they have to go off of our emotion and, you know, the our hand movements and stuff of like pointing at this or this. Yeah. Or they'll catch certain words and be like, that word has an association with this action. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. And uh, man, Brian Cranston and Lee Schreiber are yes. just great yes they're I'm just perfect so bummed that leave schreiber isn't in more things because he, he is so good he's really good but there was an ascension when like what is it would be 2008 to 2011 where obviously he played Sabretooth, but also yeah. there was that like resistance movie that he was in with daniel craig mm. um he which, was he had his own tv show for yeah well he still has it it's um, oh it's still going yeah uh it's like a one-word title that he's yeah. in which is doing really well. I just wish he was in more movies. Yeah. That like mainstream movies that a lot of people see yeah. because I think he's an excellent actor. So I do too. Right that's uh, that's all I got. Okay. So my nothing real exciting on my end. Just more game shows. Game shows are good. <laughs> game shows kind yeah. of thing. Like they're so one of them. Uh, like literally, it was the most amount of whammies I've ever seen on really. Luck. Literally, two people got eliminated and a girl won. Be, it was zero dollars because both other people got eliminated from whammies. That's and she funny. actually ended up in the showcase. She ended up winning like like hundred and seventy thousand. <laughs> so it's pretty fun. And Anyways. then uh, Ben uh, was able to see Lion King this week. Yeah. Uh, and so his thoughts was it's straight up the movie, but with realistic CGI. Timon was the best part. They obviously cast Beyonce for her singing ability and not voice acting ability, since Donald Glover sounds like a young lion while she just sounds like Beyonce. And I did see a Facebook post from Ben that said uh, they just made Nala a cougar because it sounds like Nala's like this older woman uh, and uh, Donald Glover playing Simba sounds like a a young man. It's weird that they do that with Beyonce. Yeah. Like they always make her an aggressor and pair her with a smaller male. Like the the Super Bowl show they did where it was her and Bruno Mars. Mm -hmm. I was like... She's acting really dominant, and he's acting really like feminine mm-hmm. and small. However, I loved his show during this. He's an incredible yeah. performer. Yeah. yeah, I'm. So there's a fun little article but that I saw. No that one's gonna upstage Beyonce. It's no. just no. Not yeah, it's not, she's the queen. Yeah. Uh, the article showing that Nala and Simba are actually related. Yes. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I mean that's. That's, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, they yeah, live in a pride. Like people are just <laughs> how nature works. Yeah, like for... they just. 
That's how it's going to happen. Yeah. You live in a small group, there's going to be cross, I mean, yeah. inbreeding. So, yeah. like, that's just kind of how things happen. Well, yeah, I mean, most male, most lions, like, uh, prides is one male and a bunch of females. So, have fun. But also the females <laughs> run it. Like, female yeah. lions legitimately yes. own male yeah. lions. Like, that's... Like they they run the world. Yeah, they run the, they yeah, run yeah. the world. <laughs> <laughs> they run the, but also, like the article went on to weird things, like talking about like uh, Timon and Pumbaa or a couple. It's like, wh- why oh, yeah. are we doing this? Like, yeah. what's going on, guys? No. Like, what do we stop? They're best friends. What are we trying to do here? Like, who cares? Yeah. Like, and <laughs> like, it really doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with the character. Like, well, yeah, I don't remember like someone's sexual orientation ever being important to a no. children's character yeah you know like okay done yeah <laughs> sounds good next next <laughs> speaking of next this week can you guess the movie who we're down ben we're down one mm. which is unfortunate because i thought for sure ben was gonna get this oh. like uh but we'll, uh, oh, you might finally get us <laughs> may have we get it so this week the genre is adventure drama family fantasy oh i oh, can't dear. i can't go with my my normal it, source code. <laughs> <laughs> source code. Uh, it is not source adventure, code. No. Adventure drama, drama family fantasy. That oh my gosh. Swiss Family Robinson. No. Not Swiss Family Robinson. Holy smokes, that is quite the genre. The fantasy part is what makes it strange. The I don't want to drop too many hints, but focus on the fantasy part. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fantasy always like very few movies earn that genre without really yeah absolutely is it what is it a live action can i ask that question is is it yeah absolutely okay, okay. it is live action. okay Jeez, nothing comes to mind okay i'll give you the i'll give you the year okay. 1984 never ending story it is the never ending story that actually was cool. going to be my adventures and <laughs> babysitting yeah, it's never- <laughs> so the tagline for it is begin a journey into a limitless universe limitless little boop 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 up Begin a journey into a limitless universe of entertainment. Nice. There you go. Never Ending Story, ah, directed by Wolfgang Peterson, <laughs> starring Noah Hathaway and Barrett Oliver. See, if we wouldn't have gotten on the first two, I don't think the last Yeah, the director would. and actor would have done that. You guys would have just got more guesses. Yeah. No, but like, that what tagline possibly... is pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I actually cut things out of the tagline because they literally say, like, never ending, and, yeah, <laughs> join the story. And I was like, I'll just take the first line yeah. out of it. So there you go. Can you guess mm. the movie? Never in a story. Good job, Andrew. Yeah. Really good. That's Actually, a, after I said Swiss Family Robinson, I was like, it's probably never ending story. That's why I was yeah. like, focus on the fantasy part yeah. of it because it's just yeah. the idea. All right, here we go. Meat and potatoes. Talking mm. about mm. The Princess mm. Bride this week. So The Princess Bride is a 1987 American adventure film directed and co-produced by Rob Reiner, starring Carl Elvis, Robin Wright, Mandy uh, Patinkin, uh, Mandy Patinkin. Yeah, yeah, it's Patinkin. Uh, Chris Sandarin, uh, Wallace Shawn, Andre the Giant, Christopher Guest. It was adapted by William Goldman from his 1973 novel, The Princess Bride. It tells the story of a farmhand named Wesley, accompanied by companions. Farmhand. Farm, farm boy. Farm boy. It says farmhand. Farm boy. Farm boy. Accompanied by companions uh, befriended along the way who must rescue his true love, Princess Buttercup, from the odious Prince Humperdinck. The film's essentially uh, the film essentially preserves the novel's narrative style by presenting the story as a book being read by a grandfather, played by Peter Falk, to his sick grandson, played by Fred Savage. 
The film was first released in the United States on September 25th, 1987, and was well-received by critics at the time, but was only a modest box office success. Over time, particularly with the introduction of internet, the film has become a cult classic. The film is number 50 on Bravo's 100 Funniest Movies of All Time, number 88 on AFI's 100 Years, 100 Passions list of the 100 Greatest Films of All Time, and 46 in Channel 4's 50 Greatest Comedy Films of All Time, and in 2016, the film was inducted into the National Film Registry being deemed culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. What did you guys think of The Princess Bride? I have seen this movie many times uh, since I was a child because we would watch it every single year for New Year's Eve. So I've seen it like 20 times. I was homeschooled and I thought that this was just like the movie that every homeschooled kid knew about and i i didn't think like normal people watched it (laughs) and yes i use that term normal because i'm i'm well aware of where i come from (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but i love this movie and i think that Mm -hmm. i love it more now than i did back then because like all the jokes are even more special and i i realize the intelligence and the wit behind it all and what really uh, they captured something so special with this movie where they took stage acting and put it into a movie in a way that works really well yeah essentially this movie feels like a play yeah almost like from the set design to how everything is is shown is that like like the scene in between uh Inigo Montoya and the man in black fighting like clearly yeah. like the rocks yeah. are fake yeah. or like yeah. the bar he swings on you know and it's you a don't bar. even doesn't even bother no nope, doesn't yeah. you, like you could care less because uh, how it's all put together and the dialogue is just so good mm-hmm. you know yes it's well acted well voiced like just the writing in it is so smart yeah i hate to kill you execute. i'd hate to die yeah he's like <laughs> he's you seem like a good fellow i hate to kill yeah. you and he's like, you seem like a decent <laughs> fellow. I hate to die. <laughs> so actually, let's talk about that. Where yeah. That's the thing I noticed. So actually, this is my first time seeing this movie. Really? really? Yeah, okay. absolutely. I've, obviously, it is a part of the lexicon. It's the yeah. idea of that the movie's been quoted by so many people that there were parts of the movie I was like, oh, it's from this movie. Yes. It's, it's yeah. almost through the entire movie. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. I've heard these quotes over and over <laughs> yeah. and over again throughout my entire life. And I've seen bits and pieces of it like i saw obviously the fight with inigo montoya yeah um against the six-fingered man and just like i've seen small things like that like the mm-hmm. uh, you know i'm inigo montoya you killed my father prepare to, to die. die like everybody says that yeah. you know what i'm saying and the i do want to talk about is like do you guys think this is the most quotable movie of all time like there's obviously <sighs> it's up there Step Brothers. everyone talks about stepbrothers or like is there any other movies Anchorman that come to one. mind anchorman like, is there any other movies that you think of, like, like what movie is quoted more than, like... The possibly Mighty Python, The Quest for the Holy Grail. Yeah. yeah possibly that's, one of the... Yeah, that's true. right there. Yeah. I, but what is your favorite, favorite color? color. Well, I, I don't know that. <laughs> I feel like there is a line in every scene that someone quotes, yes. though. Yeah. Whereas with, with Monty Python, I think there's a lot that people you don't, don't quote. quote yeah. But, yeah, I don't know if I've heard a, people just quote a movie more often than The Princess Also, Bride. I would say... It's, to me, I think it's because of how brilliantly written... Yes. Like, the quotes, it just pops the quotes, in your head and it's easy yeah. to repeat. And the quotes yeah. make sense. Like, no one yeah. says something so nonsensical that you're like, why was I even said? Yeah. Like, Every line feels very personal, per- which is yeah. important because the movie's like, 
you know, an hour and 20, an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. It's very mm-hmm. crisp. It's yeah. quick through it. And every little thing has a purpose. Yeah. Um, whereas I would say with Monty Python or some of these other movies is that there is a little bit more of a visual aspect that you need as yeah. opposed to because of we talk about with this movie seeming like a play and everything like that is that I don't like don't get me wrong. I, I have a very obviously just watching it, but I had a very vivid memory now of like when people say lines and seeing the scenes i don't know Mm -hmm. if it's the same for you guys but for me the lines never had any scenes attached to it but the Mm -hmm. lines were still very funny in itself yeah but if you quote some of the reason why stepbrothers is so funny was some of its quotes of like oh did we just become best friends or seeing him pull out the samurai sword like i bumped into randy jackson Mm -hmm. i mean you don't bump (laughs) it (laughs) not get his autograph like these like you have a very like you put Mm -hmm. my ball sack on your drum set like you think of the scene as opposed to me is that these quotes were still really funny to me never seen the, movie, seen the movie and that yeah. the quotes themselves stand on their own as opposed to having to have them attached to like a visual part of it mm-hmm. so i wrote down a couple of quotes and i was just wondering there's a lot to go over obviously mm-hmm. but what are some of your guys's favorite quotes there is the i was just you seem a one. decent fellow i hate to kill you yeah. you seem like, like a decent fellow i hate to die that. Um, there's, uh, Nico Montoya, he says, I just work for Vizzini to pay the bills. There's not a lot of money in revenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Vizzini, he didn't fall inconceivable in Nico Montoya. You keep using that, that word. word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good one. Um, Vizzini, you fell victim to one of the classic blunders, the most famous <laughs> of which is never get involved in a landlord in Asia, line. but one slightly <laughs> less well-known is never go against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> yeah. Really great scene. Um, the clergyman, marriage. Yeah. Marriage yeah. is what brings us together. Love, true love. And can you skip to the end? Do you have the wings? wings. <laughs> like... Uh, that's one like people would quote, and I had yeah. no. I, this was that was one of them. I'm like, oh, it's this movie. Yeah. Like when the the clergyman starts talking, he's like, marriage. I was yeah. like, oh, this is what everyone's <laughs> been quoting. That's insane. Um, then of course you have this is probably one of my favorites is uh, Enigo Montoya and Fezic are having back and forth. Yes, and oh, he's yes. like yes. that Vicini, He can fuss, yes. fuss, fuss. I think he likes to scream at us. Probably he means no harm. He's really very short on charm. You have a great gift for rhyme. Yes, yes, some of the time. And Vicini's like, enough of that. And then Anigo, Fezic, are there rocks, rocks ahead? <laughs> Fezic, if there are, we'll all be dead. And Vizzini's like, no more rhymes, I mean it. And Fezic, anybody want a peanut? <laughs> it is. <laughs> and, then, I, and then, of course, the classic... As you wish, yeah. inconceivable, yes. and then of course, Inigo. Fun my name boy. is Inigo. My name <laughs> is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepared to die. So I don't know if there's any that other stick out. So little, so many favorites. more. Uh, for me, I love at the very end where she's like, "I'm going to kill myself tonight," and the old man's like, "That's nice." Hey, she, can, he, she, hey, kissed, she kissed me. me. <laughs> or uh, another great one where she's about to stab herself, yeah. and then uh, Wesley's like. There's an unfortunate shortage of perfect breasts in the the world. world. (laughs) It would be unfortunate to lose (laughs) yours. (laughs) And then uh, one that I thought was incredible was, um, oh, it Humperdinck says it, and he says, uh, I hope... I'm a, a more suitable option than suicide. Dude, suicide. <laughs> she's like, she's like, unfortunately, we'll not have our marriage for I will kill, or yeah. we will not be able to consummate or whatever yeah. the marriage because I'm going to kill ourselves, kill myself on the honeymoon. He's like, oh, I would prefer if you <laughs> consider <laughs> me over. as an alternative <laughs> version to suicide. suicide. Yeah. I loved uh, Wallace Shawn. He's like, ever heard of these guys? Aristotle, Plato, yeah. Socrates, Sorry. morons. <laughs> <laughs> Which. 
we'll actually talk about him in the interesting facts. There's yeah. a really fun thing. Like he's actually incredibly intelligent. Yeah. At, like, <laughs> like in real life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm super excited to talk about it. And then there's, there's like even small scenes too of like, Fezzik, when he like brings the four white horses, he's like, "Hey guys, I was just in the stable and I found these horses. What do you know? You guys want to?" I thought maybe if you found the lady, hi lady. <laughs> like, <laughs> or uh, they're like covering the pill in chocolate. Mm-hmm. Max the miracle worker. He's like, uh, "It will work after it'll, uh, after about an hour, but don't go swimming after an hour." Just <laughs> like I think that 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 whole scene, like Billy Crystal just played that magically. Mm-hmm. I just love his. Yeah. Look who knows so much, yeah. you know. Uh, it's, he definitely yeah. said to Blave, which we know Blave. is to bluff. Yeah, to, to bluff. <laughs> like so you're playing a game of cards with him, and he cheated you. When we were watching it, you know, Andrew, you know, when the uh, the torturer dude comes in, he's yeah. like, "This is the part I would play," you know. And to <laughs> oh, me, Mel the, Smith, the, the, the albino, who's yeah. he's real. Like yeah. he just has this look to him. So funny, interesting fact about uh, Mel Smith: he actually directed the movie Mr. Bean. Interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. And that, that makes all the sense in the world yeah. with how he plays his character and how he, I'm just like, this just guy love, just is the epitome of that. British comedy. Uh, <coughs> yeah. just like, and he starts talking. He has a like, really deep voice. Yeah. I I would absolutely want to play Max the Miracle Worker. I oh, think that's yeah. my favorite. Yeah, my favorite I mean, character. there's only one person to play, and that's Inigo Montoya. Yes. Like, yeah. That's just, he's my favorite character in this entire film. So one interesting thing to me is... Christopher Guest is a really funny guy. He's not funny in this. No. He's, he, he plays a very he's straight a very person. Straight but face. his words are funny. Yeah. Like, yeah. he, he oh, plays a that's menacing... Actually, when he's torturing Wesley, he's yeah. very funny. He's like, okay, now be honest. This is for posterity. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, like, the idea, he just he's so serious about, you know, like... He's a man who's he's a what's the word a masochist yeah where mm-hmm. he loves pain and torture yeah. and like he gets off to it <laughs> and like he plays that so well yeah. um or even just the small lines in between when like uh, uh when Humper Deke leave is leaving he's like he makes the deal with the man in black of like of course I'll return you to your ships but he's like hey take him to the the forbidden place or whatever the name of the place pits is of yeah the yeah, the pits of despair oh, he's like of course and then they have an interaction of like. Um, Christopher Guest, uh, Count uh, Rugen is like, you know, of course, get on a horse. We'll take you to your ships. And, you know, he responds with like, well, we're both men of posterity. Let's not lie here. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, of course. He's like, <laughs> you know, so um, it's really fun. Uh, but are you, uh, are you, yeah, yeah, rodents of unusual size. I don't think they exist. I don't think they exist. And then, <laughs> like, he just gets done looking yeah. at him too. Yeah. It's just like. Oh, he's, he's just trying to make it so she yeah. doesn't. Yeah, at least the rouse. What about the rouse? Oh, you mean the rodents of unusual size? I don't believe in those. Um, I don't think they exist. Which that fight scene is very interesting too yeah. because of how they set it up where he's like, you know, the, uh, what's it, the fi- the fire forest? or The fire swamp. The fire swamp where he's like, oh, there's only three things you worry about. Yeah. He's like the the uh, fire pyres shooting up. He's like, but they give off a clicking noise yeah. before it, so you can avoid it. And we've already dealt with the... <laughs> you showed us how what she, lightning sand looks so like. Clever. Well, they <laughs> discovered. And, he's, and then she's like, oh, what about oh, the rouse? Right. But oh. then the fight scene of like them rolling around yeah. and him dealing with them, but then you hear the clicking noise and then yeah. rolling over and how they do a really good job of setting up those small little things yeah. of... Um, also, the whole story behind... Um, the Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so good. Yeah. Which so is really interesting. His name is uh, Kyle. 
A fun <laughs> fact, uh, when I was in a band in like 07, I named a song, Good Night, Sleep Well, Almost Likely Kill You in the Morning. That's awesome. <laughs> that was a fan favorite. Yeah, that's, it, it's really good. Like, no one's going to be afraid of the Dread Pirate Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> or like uh, a new Montoya is like, well, I don't really know what to do now. He's like, have you ever thought about piracy? <laughs> and <laughs> like, he's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, this sounds interesting. Uh, I do want to talk about some of our favorite scenes. And okay. one of the ones I brought up, and I, I want to hear if there's any other ones or your own personal, is, of course, a new Montoya gets his revenge. Mm-hmm. Just saying it over and over again. And just like, he's like, stop saying that. Stop saying that. Anything you want. Uh, I want my father back. Yeah, son like, of a bitch. You son of a bitch. <laughs> um, then, of course, there's uh, Inigo Montoya versus the man in black, where mm-hmm. they have the interaction where he's like, you know, I'll throw down the rope and help you. He's like, I don't trust you. He's like, I swear on my word. He's like, I never trust the word of a Spaniard. Yeah. And then, like, you know, he swears yeah. on his father. He's like, of course, throw me the rope. And they have an interaction of, like, you know, how did you get those scars? I don't suppose and... you could speed things up. Yeah. <laughs> just really. I hate waiting. <laughs> just re- the interaction between them, but also the sword fight. Notoriously, mm. Carl Elvis and uh, Manny Patinkin were known like they spent weeks and weeks and With weeks. With actual fencers. Working yeah. on that because they were they wanted to make sure that it looked. And the, the fight choreography in yeah. it is excellent. Yeah. There isn't a ton of cuts. They do a wide shot of it. So you're not seeing a lot of up close, my face, your face, my face, yeah. your face. It is clearly all mm-hmm. about the sword fighting in that. And you can tell that a lot of it isn't a stunt double outside of the um, monkey bar. Yeah, where you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. clearly that's you know someone else. Which but. is funny because you see Nigo do his, and so like, okay, that was okay. And or even you have the oh, when he does the front flip over. Oh no, but yeah. I was saying like even the play feel of like when he throws up his sword. Oh yeah, and then like yeah. he literally is waiting for someone to drop it <laughs> so he can catch it, kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. Like this, that feel of it. Uh, there's obviously the the <clears throat> oldest trick in the book scene with uh, Vicini and the Man in Black, where they're like where they're going the back and forth. Oh, He's like, so but you're, you're a man of intelligence <laughs> and you're not a cowardice, so you would, n- of course, never, I cannot drink your cup, yeah. but that means I may also not drink my cup. Are eh? you done? I haven't even begun. Yeah, just <laughs> incredible. Uh, yeah. Max the Miracle Worker, that yeah. entire scene. And the last one is uh, The Man in Black Awakes where they give him the pill and he wakes mm-hmm. up and he's just dead. And yeah. then like he's just like, not with 100 men. And if I was uh, even 100%, maybe we could do it. And he's like, if only we had a wheelbarrow. And he's like, oh, we have that. He's like, well, when I asked about the, the tools we had, <laughs> Why if was you would have that. And then he like asked for a Holocaust a cloak. cloak. And, he, and then like, like Andre the Giant Kesek pulls it out. Pulls it out. He's, like, he's just like, where did you, you get that? Yeah, <laughs> you guys not telling me about all this? It's just the idea of like, he's like so the characters up to that point is like not afraid of anything yeah. and then literally pretty much almost dies. And then when he wakes up, he's like, we can't, we can't do this. And then they're just like, but we have a wheelbarrow and a cloak. And he's like, okay, <laughs> now we, can do this. Um, I don't know if there's any other ones come up to you or if just, what are your guys just uh, the personal favorite scene? I mean, Oh, I love that guy. The, I don't have a gate key. <laughs> oh, you mean this gate key? Oh, yes, this I gate key. I say that all the time, yeah. especially when I'm playing games. Like, where's the gate key? Oh, this gate key. Oh, this gate key. <laughs> that's so, that's really, really good. Physic, rip off his arms. Oh, this gate key. Oh, this gate key. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, um, I love the ending scene the where he's describing how he's going to chop off all his oh. parts and then... And of course, you're going to cut off my ears. He's like, no, no, I will not cut cut off your ears. I'll leave it so you can hear the screams of every child who sees your face. 
Yeah. Dear God, what is that this thing, thing. <laughs> echoing yeah. in your perfect ears? Take a seat. <laughs> and then, yeah, when he's, drop your sword. Oh, and then when they tie him up and he, like, falls, yeah. he's like, I knew he was bluffing. Bluffing. I knew he was bluffing. I knew he was bluffing. It was really good. What about yeah. you, Will? Do you have a personal favorite scene that sticks with you for this movie? Oh, man. All of them. I definitely love the Inigo scene. Uh Mostly just because you have such a kindness and respect for each other, mm-hmm. and that whole interaction is so entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely the the Wallace Shawn uh, when they're trading the, po- the poison, poison, and he's going off about how intelligent he is, and he's like, "What in the world is that?" <laughs> and then he he switches it, and he's just like, like so giggling. proud yeah, of himself yeah. for how clever he is. And, and he's like, "I poisoned both of them. I yeah. spent years building up mm. a." A tolerance to the iocane powder. Yeah, the iocane powder. Yeah, that that and Miracle Max. I just love that whole. He's he's only mostly dead. Mostly (laughs) dead. You see, there's there is a difference. There's almost which is essentially almost alive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So a couple interesting facts for you guys. So Robin Wright, who plays Princess Buttercup Mm -hmm. or the Princess Bride herself, was like a hiring at like the eleventh hour. And mm. the casting director tells a story of that. She's sitting in a room with uh, Rob Reiner and Goldman, who's the author of it, mm-hmm. of the book, and they get a ring at the doorbell, and they're expecting Robin Wright, and Rob uh, goes to answer it, and he opens it up, and she's in this like pure white summer dress, and the sun's shining on her, and uh, <laughs> Goldman is like, I saw a halo above her head, and we knew immediately he's like, yeah. she's the person we have to hire. That's funny. Um, which is fun. You may also know Robin Wright from a lot of stuff. She's in Wonder Woman, and then, of course, she hmm. plays um, uh, Forrest Gump. Why am I forgetting? Jenny. Jenny. Oh, plays Jenny. Really? She's also Gump. I didn't the, know that. Uh, she's also Claire, the wife in House of Cards. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was I was thinking back when we were watching this, and I was like, Man, she looks a lot like every like homeschool girl I was ever around. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is this where they drew their informa- inspiration? <laughs> inspiration for dressing <laughs> where and where they dress wearing their hair. That's funny. Uh, so Andre Giant was always meant to be the play Fezzik. When Goldman wrote the book, he was a huge wrestling fan. Hmm. And the book is in 1973. And... He's like, I literally wrote the part for Andre the Giant. And they originally- <laughs> weren't a lot of giants no, that people knew they about. They went after Andre at first, but the WWF said, no, he can't do it because he was going to get paid like $50,000 to do this fight in Korea. Mm. So then they played with the idea. They talked to Kareem Abdul Jabbar to play Fezzik because Kareem loved the book and he was interested in it. Then they talked to Lou Ferrigno for a little bit about oh, possibly that playing been Fezzik. Awesome. Um, but then inevitably they were able to get obviously Andre a giant, but there was a couple of different iterations of the script for a little while. Robert Redford tried to get the movie off, uh, get it going and directing it. And Mm. when that was supposed to happen, they wanted to get Arnold to play Fezzik. Mm. Man, I I love Lou Ferrigno. I think Lou would have nailed that actually. Yeah. Cause Uh, he, I mean, he's not a good actor. He'd just have to play Lou Ferrigno and that's all. All you would need to yeah, do. That's, yeah, that's really all you need to do. Also, Andre the Giant at the time had a really, he had a lot of health complications and mm-hmm. had a problem with his back. And you see it clearly like when there's the fight in between him and um, Wesley that when he's on his back, it's clearly a stunt double in a mask mm. and that he's not able to move as well as he needs mm-hmm. to move. And that's because and like, even he when he's really like bad health trying to walk in the hallway back to yeah. the... Yeah, he doesn't like, move great. No. No, yeah. yeah. And, but... 
the also like the thing is like he's kind of hard to understand and yeah. like it apparently was even worse because Rob Reiner's like I would literally record his lines on a tape recorder and have him carry it around and you have to listen over and over again and try to learn how to enunciate it enunciate wow. it because it was so bad when he first had him read the lines he's like I have no idea what he's saying Wow. And there's even times in this movie, like, if you've seen the movie enough times, you're like, okay, I know what he's saying. But if it's your first time watching the movie, you're just like, what did he just say? Where's yeah. he from? Andre France. the Giant, yeah. France. Yeah. Oh, really? He's French. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, uh, Robin Wright tells a story, I didn't put this in the interesting facts, where, like, when they would go out and get uh, dinner sometimes after filming, he would put in a 40-ounce cup. He would mix a ton of alcohols, and he called it the American, and he's like, it gets me a little tipsy. Like, he would down, <laughs> like, he would down I think they said, like, he would down, like, six bottles of wine, some vodka, this, that, and another, and, like, that would be enough to finally get him tipsy just because of how large Jeez, of a man yeah. he was is that he could, like, there's the there's the famous, obviously Wade Boggs is known for drinking a lot of alcohol, mm-hmm. but there's the famous <laughs> Andre the Giant, like, he drank, beers or something. like he drank 100 and whatever, like, yeah. no one could out-drink Andre the Giant. Um, you can thank William Goldman's daughters for The Princess Bride because he originally pinned, he told uh, Entertainment Weekly, he had two little daughters that were seven and four at the time, and he said, hey, I want to write you a story. What do you want it to be about? And one child said a princess, and the other t- child said a bride. And he said, that will be the title. <laughs> so he got that from talking to his daughters. Um, Carl Ewes' stepfather had given him Goldman's book in 1975 when the future actor was about 13 years old, and Rob Reiner, who directed the movie, first read the book in his 20s when Goldman gave it to his father. So Goldman actually hmm. gave his book to Rob Reiner's father, and that's how Rob Reiner got it. That's really cool. And it, it quickly became ah. Reiner's favorite book of all time, and he long awaited to turn it into a movie, but he had no idea that... Mi- no idea that many before him had tried and failed. I was kind of wondering because I'm like, I don't know a lot of people that have actually read, read the book, this book, yeah. and I don't remember it being like a classic. It's, or it's anything, almost 400 you know? pages. They released hmm. a, another story called the the Child Who's Promise. Like, there's hmm. like actual deep lore to this, but the movie hmm. does a really good job of following the book pretty much beat for beat. Cool. So that's pretty good. Uh, we talked about uh, William Sean and uh, Sean who played Vicini. Um. Yeah, Wallace Shawn, sorry, yeah. uh, who played Vizzini, is really like his character. He's extremely <laughs> intellectual. He has a history degree from Harvard. He studied philosophy and economics in Oxford. In fact, one day of filming during The Princess Bride, Sean went to Oxford to give a guest lecture on British and American literature, but Sean was in- inconsolably nervous for the entire filming. He learned from his agent that Reiner originally wanted Danny DeVito to play the part of Vicini, <laughs> and w- he was pretty much racked with insecurity, perpetually convinced that he was going to be fired after every bad take. Um, so I just thought that was oh really interesting. Gosh. Like he's just a really intelligent man. In he's itself, so but, iconic in yeah. this movie. Yeah, and he's not in it for long. Like he dies yeah. in the first mm-hmm. like twenty five minutes, and like his character is so iconic within. Yeah, people quote his character. Yeah, inconceivable. Yeah, yeah. like inconceivable. Yeah. The never. Never start a land a, war a land in Asia, war south, in East Asia. Yeah, um, Billy Crystal and Carol Kane, who played Max the Miracle mm-hmm. and his and his wife, obviously, they pretty much improvised the entire character. So I, Rob Reiner I said, love. Rob Reiner said, "There's literally hours of unshown footage that it's just Billy Crystal, <laughs> Billy Crystal, uh, Crystal practicing 13th century jokes." Yeah. And I want they just never to came see and that. He, he never repeated it. Yeah, and they wow. just went with what he told there. So he's just and him and. Uh, uh, Carol Kane like literally like improvised the characters' backstories. Like they yeah. met with each other and they talked about who are these characters, where do they yeah. come from, and they knew from the very start who they were. And just Carol Kane is 
incredible yeah, in herself, but yeah. then this is just Billy Crystal at his finest. Yeah, really. I, I was company, thinking that company, I'm like, company. there's there's I'm not no one wife. that could ever reproduce that character. Yeah. No, like, like I'm like no one wrote this. No one, you know, this isn't yeah the book. Yeah, like not the way he can execute this. You and know? we and we can talk about that right now. There's a little more interesting facts. I'll jump in in a second, but. The idea of that sometimes on the show we'll do a recasting, yeah. and this mm-hmm. week I specifically didn't do it because after yeah. watching the movie I was like, this movie is one of the few movies that you I've can't seen. That I'm like, yeah, this movie cannot be redone. It can't be recasted. Yeah. I want to touch any of it. And like, do you think that they could even remake this movie, and would it be successful? No. Like with the idea of that, it seems like a play of like, how do you even do this movie now? Like this movie had to be made then yeah. Yeah. to be as successful as it is because if it came out now, it wouldn't. It would. Be it wouldn't ruined. be the same. They exactly. Tried, they tried to make it more realistic of just, or they yeah. tried to make it hip and cool. Yeah. And I'm sure there would be some sort of hip hop reference thrown in there. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I I think you can take the story of the Princess Bride and reskin it and do something else with it. But as far as the movie itself, yeah. Like. You can't, like, this is a movie I was just like, I'm like, I started thinking about, like, outside of maybe casting Fezzik, who was uh, Andre the Giant, which you, there's more people, like, big people you can talk about, like, who do you get to play these other characters? Like, who plays Inigo Montoya? Who plays Wesley? Who plays the princess? Like, well, you could get uh, Pedro Pascal's Inigo. That would be a good Inigo Montoya. You get Kai Green for Fezzik. Yeah. You're right, yeah. Like, it just yeah. there it are people be, that you could do. It's just I don't. It would it be just, entertaining. It would be a that completely it was, different it would be experience. A completely different like, experience. And you'd have to completely recreate everything. Yeah. If you tried to copy, you would fail. Yeah. I, I'm totally with you. So, uh, Ellis was a warrior during filming. He wanted to dive headfirst into the quicksand, and he also had a broken toe for almost the entire movie. So originally the stunt director wanted him to jump into the quicksand feet first and he's like, That's not very heroic and finally convinced him like, Hey, I want <laughs> to do jump the in dive. head first. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I, then also you act almost the entire movie with a broken toe. I have a friend who does like a lot of camera work on T V shows and movies and stuff, and I, I asked him like about, you know, people he's met and he said by far the coolest, most down to earth person he ever met was Carrie Ells. I'm not surprised by yeah. that. My family uh bought his book and read it, my wife read it. Um, and then he was at a local bookstore like a year ago and they went and they met him and got pictures with him. And Hmm. I've heard nothing but incredible things about him. Also, he like, uh, Robin Hood Man in Tights is another classic. Oh yeah. Um, there's a TV show called psych, uh, that he has a, he has a pretty big part in, in some of the later seasons and he is by far one of the best side characters. Or even him and Saw. Yeah. Uh, he's excellent in Saw or him playing the husband in Liar Liar. Oh yeah, where the like claw. yeah, the, the, the <laughs> hook and the deadly claw. It's like the ad. It's not the same thing. Um, <laughs> speaking of him being a warrior, so as soon as uh, Wesley recognizes Count Rugen as the Six Finger Man, the script calls for the Count to knock out the hero unconscious with the butt of his sword. In filming, Christopher Guest, who played Rugen, was naturally reluctant to really hit Elways for fear of hurting him. Unfortunately, this uh, while reading on screen, sorry, um, while on screen, take after take failed to look convincing. Finally, Elway suggested a guest just go for it, at least tapping him on the head to get the reaction timing right. The tap came a little too hard, however, and actually knocked out Elway <laughs> no unconsciously, and he later awoke in the hospital emergency room. It was the take that was used in the That's film. Great. That's great fun. 
Yeah. Because so. there is there is one that didn't go well, whereas when Fezzik uh, grabs oh, her yeah. and she passes out before he even touches before her. Before he like really yeah. clinches. Yeah. 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 So one last one, and I thought this was a fun, interesting fact, and one of the reasons why we do injury facts on the show is Manny Patikin, his connection to the character is extremely deep, and <laughs> that uh, shortly before the book actually came out, his father died of cancer. Oh. So through this film, when he read about the character, he had a deep attachment to hmm. it, where he's like, this character spoke to me, and I was a Nigo Montoya, and almost the entire filming, I spoke to my father, and yeah. like the scene of him saying, you killed my father, he's like, it was like therapy for mm-hmm. him, hmm. saying it over and over and over again, that just, it had this releasement of like, almost closure, dealing with yeah, the death of his awesome. father and cancer and the feeling of complete when he finally kills Count Rugen. But the other thing too on it is Manny Patinkin himself had cancer oh, and wow. fought through it. Yeah, and wow. then now he's obviously clean and good to go right now. And the other cool thing I thought was really cool because my wife actually told me a lot of this stuff because she loves the Princess Bride, found out that she has a huge crush on Carrie Elwes. Like <laughs> yeah. on the movie, she's like, mm, that's oh, one, wow. one, one fine piece of meat right there. I was like, what? Really? Like this guy? Um, I can see she, that. <laughs> she, uh, uh, Manny Patinkin's uh, son is named Isaac. And hmm. the uh, my wife and I's next oh, child okay. is named Isaac. So I thought that was the, interesting. The other thing I really like about Inigo is that the scene where they're they're in they have the trees and they know there's something special about the trees and he like his solution is just he just puts his sword in the air and says says, father guide my sword and and he like that pain you feel when he hits the tree and he's like and then it opens up (laughs) because he leans on it perfect comedy yeah yeah. it's really really good this movie is this movie is a classic is there any final impressions or i would say one of the talk about one of my the moments I just find super funny is when uh, it's an awesome, just a badass moment for him. Nigos when the uh, count sends the guards after him and he oh, like yeah. kills all of them and like it was f- nothing. nothing. And then the count like runs away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he was just like, and he's like, I'm going to fight you. And he's like, no, you're better than me. <laughs> yeah. I also want to give a shout out too. is like when they do finally fight and yeah. he gets, obviously he gets stabbed with the throwing knife yeah. and they start fighting they do a really good job of showing him get stabbed and then cutting away and cutting back and him bleeding. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's that's fun. That a lot of times in those movies, the plays, like they'll sew slashes and then they'll they purposely wear the puffy coats and you'll just mm-hmm. see like feathers come out and this. But this one they did a really good job of kind of showing like that pain he went through of like mm-hmm. fighting through of dealing with the internal bleeding in his stomach and then getting stabbed in both arms and just the small little things of him doing the two slashes on his cheek, like he received, yeah. and like mm-hmm. I like the the movie in itself is really really funny and clearly knows what it's doing, but the attention to detail it has yeah. in other small moments is so well executed. Um, and then I don't know if the other thing I want to shout out to is that the when they cut away to Fred Savage in his room, that just felt like such a 1980s room. Yeah, yeah it did. He had a He Man. Uh, st- uh, toy in the background. He was wearing a Walter Payton jersey with yeah. the Bears refrigerator Perry refrigerator yeah. Perry poster behind him, or an unopened bag of Cheetos just sitting <laughs> in the center behind his behind I the, just, his head. I loved how back then you could make these movies and you could tell where these characters were from based on their surroundings and environment, and not by like actually saying where they're from. Yeah, it was like you know this is Cleveland, 
Like she's Chicago. like without oh thanks. <laughs> Cleveland Browns, Chicago yeah. Bears. There we go. Uh, Chicago. Uh just from just the stuff in his room. And the fact that it's super snowy outside and Chicago is known for being very cold. Yeah. Or that fun thing of like when the grandfather walks out, he's like, Hey grandpa, you can come back and read the story to me again and he's like, As you wish. Yeah. yeah. Like just, just the last line. Yeah, yeah. it's the last yeah. line. It's really good. There was actually a cut original one of the Indian scenes they originally had was that um, Fred Savage was going to run to his window and see the titular characters outside on white horses. Nah, I was like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. happy they didn't do that. Yeah. What about you, Will? Any closing thoughts on The Prince's Bride? Uh, just something that was truly special captured. You know, something that you, I don't see a lot in, in movies. And you know how I'm so picky and I could just throw away, like, 90% of what I see, but this mm-hmm. movie is very special. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that has been an episode of Reeled In. We miss Ben, obviously. Mm-hmm. Wish him well lucks, and hopefully they don't work him to death. Correct. We'd be unfortunate if we have to have a morning episode for Ben and his, mm-hmm. <laughs> his passing for being <laughs> for work. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Nerd Weekly Cast, Instagram Nerd Weekly Podcast. Check out Will's Dank Memes. Mm, uh, mm. Yeah, Facebook Nerd Weekly. If you need to email us, nerd.weekly.forever at gmail.com. Make sure to take a, check out our video game podcast, Biomodded, every Saturday. Then we have Origin Adaptations, our comic book. Expect a pretty deep dive with Cody and Andrew getting a little bit more nerdy, them, them nerds talking so about a lot nerdy. of the Comic Con stuff. Uh, please leave a review, share with us with friends. And then, um, Andrew, where can they find you? Uh, Bearded Cooper on Instagram. And Will? Willie B. Snazzy on Instagram. And also, next week, the movie we'll be covering is, Will, you want to let everyone know? Red Dawn. Oh, here Wolverines. it is. Yeah, Wolverines. <laughs> Very excited. That one is another classic. Just a complete coin, just other side of the coin. <laughs> this week, we're talking about Princess Bride. Next week, we're talking about Red Dawn yeah. and how they're both classics in their own way, but in very different ways. So, excited. Thank you, guys. <laughs>